Where do I start? How do I train recall? How long should we work on healing before moving on? Is crate training really that important? We hear these questions all the time and there's one answer that will help with all of them. The complete step-by-step dog training course found at Standing Stone Supply. They break down the what, when, where, and how to train your own dog from eight weeks to one year old. They've got it all laid out for you down to even the daily activity checklist to keep you and your puppy on track. Check out standingstonesupply.com and remember to use code GDIY to save 10%. As someone who constantly travels to new locations out of state to hunt, I have to rely on map scouting before I even get in the truck. Onyx Hunt Maps makes it super easy for me to plan out my trips as well as track my success while on the trip. The offline maps along with the tracking feature and ability to add pictures to my waypoints means I can always reference old trips and hunts to better prepare for the next. When planning your next hunt, be sure to use Onyx to put you and your dog in the best situation you can. Use code GDIY20 at checkout to save 20% and know where you stand with Onyx. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. If you do get a top male out of all the males, that doesn't necessarily mean he's top of the females, you know, who raised that male mama, you know, so mama, mama put his little butt in place day one, you know, he ain't going to do that. And I've seen that. I've seen the toughest male walk around like strutting his stuff and then one female and he like veers to the left an inch. One thing we all love to do with our dogs is hit the road and go on new adventures. In order for that to happen, we have to be able to safely and efficiently travel with our dogs. Dakota 283 is dedicated to building unparalleled pet protection and tailgate lifestyle products for you and your best friends. Their one-piece roto-molded kennels have many options such as the Hero Series for military-grade crates, T1 low-profile kennels that will fit truck beds with tonneau covers, and their most popular G3 Series that's available in any size you'll need. Dakota not only offers many different sizes and styles of kennels, they also offer products and accessories to help with food and water transport, truck bed storage, and even grooming stations. Have a new puppy and only want to buy one kennel instead of buying multiple ones as they grow? Look at the Forever Kennel Insert Divider that gives you the ability to buy a kennel now and adjust the size inside as needed. No matter what you need to get you on your next adventure with your dog, Dakota has it for you. Check them out now at Dakota283.com. Your new 283 lifestyle is just one click and free shipping away. And welcome back to another week of GDIY, everybody. This is just Nick this week. Joe is actually in Texas, and uh, he was supposed to join me for the intro. But, uh, you know, you put a Florida kid in Texas, and I guess it gets a little bit of snow, and they get stuck on the side of the road. So he, unfortunately, was not able to make it with us this week, uh, which is all good and fine. Uh, We're just going to make this intro pretty quick. Um, It is an interesting episode we have david curlander joining us again and we kind of cover all the general statements and opinions that you hear of when people start saying whether you should get a male or a female dog um you know there's a there's a few topics in this world that really elicit a strong reaction or opinion one way or the other and and i think this is one of them you know you have a lot of people that are just you know straight male dog type and then there's straight female dog type and they have their their whys and why they prefer that and so uh, me and David really just kind of went down the list of some of the more reasons that you hear of people saying why they whether they got a male or a female so it's kind of an interesting uh, episode we do go down a few rabbit holes uh, we mentioned it in the episode but you know something like this I'm gonna say it again these are just general thoughts and opinions. So don't get mad. We know they're outliers. We know they're special cases, but, uh, you know, we just cover this on how we see it. Uh, doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just um, kind of how we see it. So I hope you guys enjoy it and let us know what you think about it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I did get a uh, tip of the week last week that I'm going to throw out there real quick from a uh, Instagram listener, DGB Hunter. He threw out to us, Uh, He actually went to a Blaine Carter training seminar and he learned when training, always plan for success. 
meaning if the dog can fail at the training scenario, how can you, as the handler, change the plan to eliminate that failure and through planning, force the dog into success? Another aspect that plays to this was to always end training with a success, even if it means backing up a step or two to get that success. Okay, so... I thought that was a pretty good tip. It's a good reminder. It's always great to get back in the right frame of mind and the thought process on this. And, you know, it goes back to what we always preach. Do things, baby step it on up. Small incremental steps. Set the dog up for success and you'll get there a lot faster than doing it in big chunks where the dog doesn't understand it. So I appreciate that um, tip of the week. And again, if you have something good, to uh, share with us and share with all the other listeners that you think will help somebody else out. It can be anything just like that uh, tip that we, we just received, or it could be a very specific how to, it doesn't matter. Just shoot it to us at gundog at yourself at gmail.com. If you have any feedback, tips, uh, topic suggestions, so on, so forth, shoot us an email on that. If you haven't already go leave us a rating and review, uh, especially on Apple that helps us out a lot. Um, I guess we'll just wait for Joe to do two uh, review readings next week since he's not here this week. I'm not going to bore you guys with me rating a review. Uh, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's one of those uh, episodes that it can really uh, potentially piss off a lot of people. But that's why we do these. It's relatable. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of different myths on uh, male versus female that you hear all the time around the tailgate. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy and we'll check back next week. Picture this. You just finished a long day's hunt or a long day in the training field grooming your next champion. You've run through your entire string of dogs in anticipation for the next fall. You think the day's over. It's not, though. Your day's not over until you let that ugly dog hunt. No hunting or training session is complete without capping it off with one of the spirits from Ugly Dog Distillery. They're Michigan-raised and purebred handcrafted spirits. They have everything you need from vodka and gin to your more traditional after-hunt choice Kentucky bourbon. Head on over to UglyDogDistillery.com to check availability within your state. And if you have an upcoming event that's alcohol-friendly, then be sure to reach out to us and see if we can add another Ugly Dog to the lineup. We'll tell you right now, we aren't much on flavored whiskeys, but you have to try their peanut butter whiskey. Unlike other peanut butter whiskeys out there, Ugly Dogs is made with real Kentucky bourbon and not just grain alcohol with syrup. So after your next hunt or a long day of testing and you're trying to decide what to drink, reach for the bottle with Ruger, the German wire hair pointer on it. It was handcrafted by people just like us, dog people. Every adventure starts somewhere. Make sure yours includes an ugly dog at your side. Explore responsibly. All right, we're joined with David Kurlander again. David, thanks for hopping on to talk dogs with us one more time. Anytime, brother. Anytime. So, you know, we've been kind of in the middle of this little puppy series, and I reached out to you because you have a lot of experience and uh, research into the field of dogs, and and you can speak to uh, the generality, stereotypes, whatever you want to call it within uh, dogs when it comes to male versus females, because that's obviously a very big question when people want to get their dogs, especially the first one is, do I get a male or female? And there's a lot of opinions out there on this matter uh for right or wrong and so we thought it would be fun to just kind of go over a few of the more popular ones that you always hear thrown out there and uh you know we can give our opinion on if we think there's any credibility to it or if it's just false absolutely yeah absolutely so let's just go ahead and jump in with the males um you you hear all the time male dogs have more drive they're harder hunters what are your thoughts on that? Um, so based off of like my research with wild and domestic canines, um, I've seen that the role of hunting is a capability of every dog in the pack. Um, that, you know, even as babies, they play, you know, and that's how they develop their skills. Um, I've seen, and obviously we've seen in the, in the hunting fields that females and males will both point and they both have a very strong drive. Um, you know, is it more so of the role of the male? Um, you know, I would say that that would be the, the, def the definition that that defining factor would play more towards primates where you'd have, you know, hunters and gatherers and things like that. Uh, you know, where, whereas the, 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 the pack in, according to, to like what I've observed in, in a lot of private research, 
um, the pack actually acts as like a whole. Uh, they, they, they kind of pitch in and do whatever is needed and they all are capable of doing everything. However, some are better than others. And, and we see that. We actually see that, especially within our, our genetic makeup of our domestic breeds. We have dogs that are pointers, flushers, retrievers. Um, but my Labrador can point, flush, and retrieve. You know, so, um, you know, his retrieving is solid and I've really had to do very little work on it whatsoever. His pointing took a little bit more effort. And then once I solidified the point, releasing him from the point to flush was really difficult, you know? So, um, after, you know, weeks of, uh, you know, telling him, you know, don't put the bird up until I tell him to, you know, when I finally told him to put him up, he's like, are you sure? Yeah. You know? Uh, so yeah. So, so, so there is a strength in every dog, every canine, um, to do everything. Um, but I definitely see a difference mentally. So female to male role is, is, is a huge there, there, there is definitely a huge difference between the two, um, yeah. as far as their, their, what I would call their macro structure. So they're there. Yeah. So, so they would have this like kind of, um, you know, if they don't follow this certain, uh, order of nature, then we're not going to have a successful, uh, survival pattern of the, of the, of the pack. So, you know, yeah. wolf packs are existing for 40,000 years. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so really this is kind of important for, I guess we could have said this already is as we're going through these topics, we know that there's going to be, if we're talking about something in general uh, or that applies on average, we know that there are outliers on all this stuff. So if somebody's listening to anything throughout this episode that you say, or I say, and they're like, that's not true. I have this dog or I saw that. We know there's going to be outliers. We're literally just talking from a general standpoint, but, but it's kind of like what, what you're saying is both dogs are, clearly capable of doing this right um but over the years it's it's people that that have been in this they typically say non you know on a regular basis that males just have a harder drive you put them down on the ground they're gonna run harder they're gonna hunt harder you know they're gonna bust eyes for you and go get that duck and and you know uh, I'm just wondering if you think there's any truth to that, like just straight up, like, do you think that that holds water or not? Um, you know, well, you know, first, first I would, I would, you know, one of the things that kind of, so it's, it's such a touchy subject, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, 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 and really to kind of move forward on that, it is very important for people to understand that, you know, um, you can disagree and you can agree. I mean, right. that's actually where, you know, my, my background is huge into science and that's what kind of makes me a little bit, uh, stand out in the animal community is that everything is based off of genetics and actual science. And, and, yep. and um, you know, it, it's, it, it really falls down to personality, which really kind of helps yep. disaggregate. And also the, the handler, like, you know, the, 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 the way the handler actually starts to, um, you know, what, what your preferences are. Yeah. How the dog was brought up. You know, if you have a handler with the dog, that's constantly, it never lets the dog get further than 20 feet in the field. You know, that dog's going to be later on a little reluctant to, to push and drive hard. Right. But if you bring up that dog with a certain level of independence and freedom, that that's kind of where I was headed with it is I've seen it on both sides. And I, I, I believe that the drive is not really associated by gender. And what you're saying is more genetics and how you actually train and bring the dog up. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, there, as far as like during my behavior work with dogs with, you know, problematic dogs, I've seen that females tend to have the most problems. Um, they're strong headed, independent, you know, willful, um, you know, whereas the male seems to be a little bit more complacent to me, you know, when right. it comes to these things, a uh, little bit more clear clarification on their, on their thought process. You know, they need, they yeah. need clarification. Whereas females are like, Oh, I'm very clear. I'm <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. um, yeah. but the intelligence levels, again, it really comes down to that age old battle of like, you know, uh, who's more intelligent men or women, you know, and tongue in cheek, we joke around and, you know, we find this actually becoming a socially problematic thing, <laughs> you know? And it's like, the reality is, is that, you know, we, the, the uniqueness of individuality is, is, is exactly what, you know, even my, 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 I was just right working on my last chapter of my book and it was all about this, like just individuality, you know, it, it's, yeah. there's, 
to, to, to say that one is stronger than the other is to make one weak. And, 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 and that's not true. It's just not freaking true. And, and yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing is when when you put these dogs out in the hunting fields, you know, you got to imagine the, the, the cooperative nature of the dog is based off of nurture over nature, you know? So, so the nature of the dog will be, you have a hunting dog. If you've got a pointer, he's, he or she is going to be naturally inclined to be a pointer. Um, you know, if you've got like LHU lines, you know, if you've got yeah. some like strong bloodlines, I don't care what you got. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to hunt. So, um, yeah. you know, and, and like you were saying, like, you know, and again, it comes down to style, you know, I, I am not a prairie hunter. I am not going to let my dog range, you know, um, I, I keep my dog within 30, 40 feet of me. Um, you know, I just feel like, uh, it's, it's, it's more, um, well, I guess it's also more New York, you know, <laughs> we don't have them Tennessee <laughs> open fields, but, uh, yeah. you know, so I do need to keep them a little bit closer. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah. Well, you know. Every hunter has their style, right. And, and not just on how they hunt, but how they train. And, it, you know, a lot of this stuff that I think gets unfairly put on, whether it's a male or female or even a breed or a line, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, how people really brought up the dog and really introduced it into a lot of different scenarios. But you touch on a bunch of different things there that I actually have on my on my myth busting list, so to speak. Uh, you touch on intelligence uh, real quick. L- let's jump into that because you hear a lot from people that they'll, they're real quick to say, oh, that male is just a big, dumb dog, right? It has all the drive in the world. But it's just dumb. It's easily distracted. And then the female, it's like they need to know why they're doing something because they're more intelligent, right? So like what you just said, one is smarter than the other on an average basis. But you just said that it's it's more of a nature versus nurture thing, right? Yeah. And 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 again, um, genetics, you know, if the dog was yeah. bred for uh, a specific reason, you know, I, I believe, uh, you know, personally, I believe breeding dogs for pet quality is not okay. I don't, I don't think that's okay at all. Um, you know, I think that the dog has a genetic purpose and we have to fulfill that genetic purpose and, you know, the aggression in the dog should be appreciated. Um, so when it comes down to intelligence, you know, we even have this like national consensus of like the most intelligent dog being the poodle and the Jack Russell Terrier and all that stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) and then they see my Labradors and they're like, Oh, look at that big doofy dog. I'm like, like, big doofy dog will get anything you put him to, you know? So, that big dumb dog just wants to put a duck in its mouth. It's like a, that's all it's good for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the thing is like, uh, the separation of intelligence between male and female, it's usually because of our observations. We observe females using more like calculated measures of doing things, you know, uh, which is, it's true because you got to look at the, 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 the structure, that micro and macro structure that, that I, I, I always talk about because, you know, the macro structure would be the pack and how they operate. And the microstructure is the female's role to take care of her puppies. So, so there's little packs within a pack. Um, and until those dogs are, 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 um, properly raised, you know, and, 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 and taught what corrections are taught structure, uh, they are protected by mama, not, not, you know, the males protect them, by protecting the entire pack, by feeding and, and keeping everything going, uh, where, you know, again, uh, a female will do the same thing. Um, yeah. you know, uh, so it, it really, you know, there, so, so, so you feel like the, the responsibility in the pack is different. So when you look at like the, what we demand as a human in a human society from a dog, we would look at the females as being more intelligent. That that's, that's just how I would gather that, that, that myth you know, um, that the females would be more intelligent because of, of, of our expectations and and our projections of of human nature on dogs. Uh, but in reality, I have only males in my house. I only have males in my house because I always joke around and I say female to female fights are going to put my kids through school. (laughs) And we've talked about that before. And, and, you know, you said something a a minute ago that was really interesting to me. I, I wonder how much of this is just, your, your anecdotal experience. You see a few examples of dogs out in the field and what you're just talking about in today's social norms, right? It's, it's kind of joked upon that like just males are dumber than, than females. You see it on every TV show, every movie. It's just like the dad is just this kind of bumbling idiot over here. 
the it, his only job is to like work and so it's just like i wonder how much of that gets projected onto these dogs as well to where people are anthropomorphizing it and they're just like oh the female is really trying to figure out the why of steadiness and they're just you know they need a reason to do this and the you know the males we just look at them like hey you know, he's just the big dumb dog that wants to go put the bird in its mouth. So it's just like, you know, you, you give him one choice to do it your way and that's the, that's it. So I wonder how much of that we, we project onto the dogs ourselves and we're just kind of trying to find stuff that, that, uh, supports our opinion in that matter. It's, it's true. You know, I, I really feel like, um, you know, I, I have people prying me all the time because I don't get into politics. I don't get into religions. I don't get into things like that. You know, I kind of stick yeah. to the facts and stick to, to my research and what I've done. And you Same know, here. That's yeah. what we do here. Totally, yeah. totally. And, you know, and, but, but one of the things is that, you know, human society, uh, our inability to even connect with each other, to understand, to accept difference, uh, to argue and, 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 and walk away still friends, um, mm-hmm. is degrading and you know and 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 you know one of the things i always tell everybody too is like how, how do you plan to connect with your dog and understand your dog if you can't even connect with your brother or your sister you yeah know, you know just anybody and, and it's like you know so so that anthropomorphizing and projecting female to male over intelligence is absolutely a societal thing um i think they both have equal roles without female dogs we would have no males you know and without males the females would would probably not exist you know so, yeah, so yeah. puppies would not exist so you know so so it's it's that beautiful balance that harmonic balance that that you know i think people can learn a lot from dogs when it comes to things like that yeah um, yeah it's yeah. a science it's it's that simple right you, yeah. you need both to have one or the other <laughs> I wish people could just understand we need each other <laughs> yeah yeah easily so you know that, that's kind of on the more mental side let's jump back in and you know let's just talk about somebody i've i've seen and heard it a lot and and i think there's a little bit of truth to this one to where somebody's just like you know what do i get a male or female and somebody asks them well what type of hunting are you gonna do do you need a bigger stronger dog or do you need one that you know maybe is a little bit smaller but can get the job done you know what's your style of hunting uh what do you what do you think about the the general thought that males on average are bigger, stronger, faster dogs uh, compared to the females? There is a dimorphic difference, definitely. Um, you know, strength wise, um, I've heard that a lot. I have heard that a lot. You know, you're going to go run goose all day long. You're going to want a big giant male Labrador. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know. So, uh, however, I have ran girls half their size that could do the same amount of work. Um, when we look pound for pound about strength and endurance, that really has a lot to do with nutrition. Um, it's, it's, it's again, personality, uh, you know, a little bit of genetics in that as well. Absolutely. 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 My sister, (laughs) she's, uh, she's, uh, she's half my size and she is a wily little one, man. Holy (laughs) mackerel. I I get out of her way. Yeah. She's, (laughs) You need help moving that couch? No. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it, it really, it comes down to, you know, when it comes to strength, I think it's mental. It's, it's all mental. Um, you know, and, and, but there is a diametric difference, you know, definitely, you know, males will be, uh, bigger than females in the litter. You know, I, I've seen, uh, you know, Labradors, I would have to say, are the most inconsistent when it comes to the breeds, you know, um, because of what's happened throughout this country and how many quote unquote breeders are out there, you know, Um, you know, and and you have, uh, uh, you know, one litter where, you know, the males are, let's say, 95 pounds. The females are about 65, 70, Uh, you know, and then their next litter, the females are 95 pounds, (laughs) 100 and something. Right. So if I take that female out of that litter and compare it to the other male, I've got a bigger female. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I see, I see the, 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 the main reason why I tell people that if they're looking for a dog, the first thing I ask for them, ask them is how many dogs do you have? How many do you want? Um, because as far as like problematic things, having multiple females unaltered, you know, not, not spayed females in the house, uh, could cause massive problems. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, so, uh, I think, you know, also 
hormonal drive, I think that does play a big difference, uh, which I know we'll, we'll, we'll try, try to get, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll go into that next. I look, to finish this one up, you know, I, I was going to say just from my, my experience and actually just seeing dogs on average, again, generally speaking, uh, there are outliers like you're just saying that, that, yeah, there are some females bigger. But, uh, you know, I would say the bigger and stronger side just from – all the different dogs I've seen, I would probably say males, but uh, believe it or not, you know, when somebody's like the males are faster, Mm. I I would probably put that on the females. I've seen females, you know, kick some dirt in some males face on a pretty consistent basis. And that might be a little bit because the males are carrying more muscle. Uh, They're a little bit bigger. So, you know, it's, you got to get those legs moving a little bit, a little bit more, but females, you know, I've seen a lot of pocket rockets, put some males, essentially, uh, shame. And so, you know, I think when you're talking about physical characteristics, like you said, you know, there are kind of general truths to it, but it also depends on the genetics and the line uh, and the breed, because like you just brought up about the labs and I could say probably the same thing with short hairs because there's so many uh, quote unquote breeders out there with short hairs all over the country. Now, you know, short hairs are just the labs of the upland world, right? Right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, but you you touched on kind of the moodiness and the mood swings of the female. Let's jump into that, especially with uh, when the females are in heat, because I know that is a very big um, catalyst for some people's decision regarding male versus females. They just don't want to deal with the female in heat. Uh, You know, you put it in terms of bringing another female into a house with a female uh, and that can cause issues with hormonal issues. But let's just start with the singular dog situation first and then we can jump into the other one. You know, what are you how much of an impact do you think the female's heat cycle has on their moodiness or their general huntability and trainability in the field? Well, I, yeah, when 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 they go through a cycle, a menstruation cycle like that, you, you've got to imagine that you know all the same things are happening to us, you know, to to a female, yeah. to a human female. So, um, you know, these 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 hormonal influxes can cause mood change. They can cause pain, like cramping, uh, things like that. So, you know, it's it's really. Um, a very powerful time for a female, you know, to kind of like, uh, you know, have this, 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 this flux of hormone through their body, which is actually proven to be very, very, very healthy. Hence the reason why I completely disagree with spaying and neutering. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, our overpopulation is due to irresponsibility, not because they're intact, you know, I agree. Yep. So, you know, so, so, so I think that, um, you know, without the hormone, they're not going to develop properly. Um, and even though I have taken, spayed females into a field and taught them to hunt, they don't hunt as hard as an intact. So, um, whereas males, I, I kind of, I want to say I see the difference, but there's always that one that like proves inconsistent. You know, there's always that one, my, 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 my labs, uh, my black lab cinder who just recently passed on me, uh, that dog had to be you know, he was cryptorchid, you know, uh, we made sure that the lines were not going to exist anymore because, gotcha. um, you know, so we, 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 uh, we neutered him and I'll have to say that dog, I mean, I, I, I wish I put prosthetics in him because he could have won <laughs> Navda all up and down. <laughs> the style. Um, you know, he, he literally, that dog is one of the hardest hunters I've ever had in my life. And he was neutered. Um, females, you know, not having that estrogen in the body is is detrimental to the health of the body. And if you're not healthy, you ain't going to hunt. You know, yeah. just like us, if you're not feeling good, uh, you know, I, you know, you, you're not going to go for a jog. You're not going to want to go to work. So, you know, I feel like um, that. You know, I've heard that where people are like, you know, I I, I don't want to lose any downtime during the season and this and that. So I get a mail. That's fine. You know, it's that's your preference. But I don't I don't think giving the dog a week down is not going to, is going to kill anybody. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and so, so that, that's, that's a good breakdown, especially when you're, you're kind of weighing out the options of bringing one dog in, but let's jump into the example that you, you brought in with bringing a second female into a home uh, with another female and weigh that against bringing her into a home with a male, because if you have both an intact female and male, there's some challenges to that as well uh, as 
you know, raising puppies go uh, should be pretty common sense to, to understand, like we just talked about. It's science. Uh, but, you know, let's talk about the different challenges and considerations that uh, a buyer should really kind of give before making the decision. I, I usually tell people to stick to the same uh, sex if you're going to have unaltered animals in your home and you're not a breeder. Um, you know, when, 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 when we breed, I mean, you know, I, I know their cycles. I could put my males and females together and guarantee I ain't going to have puppies, you know, until, until that cycle comes. And then I know to separate, um, actually the girls let me know. So yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, and, uh, you know, and at that point, the, the, the genetics that goes into, to the pairings is just insane. You know, we're, we're three grand into it just to, just to pair up a, a, a right, you know, a pair, you know, so, so. Um, so I usually recommend for people to get the same sex if you're going to have unaltered sex, you know, uh, sexes in the house. So that um, goes with males and males and females and females. So right. You're not, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and especially if you have different breeds, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, like, like I've got a, Safe. yeah, yeah. So, so, so many different. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we don't need Brocco Labs. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> probably, but I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, unless it's a poodle, that's the only thing that you can cross. If you if you got a poodle, then you then you can do the Brocco Labs, yeah. right? <laughs> so weird, you know the poodle. I, I was just uh, talking to somebody about that. I want to do a project, a research project on this because what what canine in the world uh, do you know that has hair? Uh, you know, like, like where did this thing come from? It's so, such a, it, it's, I love the breed. They're, they're, they're unbelievable, unbelievable in the field, uh, super driven, but they're just weird. That's, but, but we'll leave that for another day. It, well, and I'm, it, you know, this is obviously a side note or a rabbit hole, but you know, a lot of people, it, they don't understand how, if you see a good standard poodle in the field, just how good they can be oh in a duck blind or, I mean, it's just like, you obviously don't see it on a regular basis, right. but like when you see a good standard poodle in the field, you remember it is a gun dog. Right. Uh, but that doesn't mean to go breed that with a lab Labrador or a golden retriever or any of those things. And then, you know, create your own breed type of situation. But uh, right. anyway, we just went down a, a big rabbit hole on that. <laughs> we'll do another podcast on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So back to it, you know, you talked about that is kind of a safety net is just keeping the same sex with the same sex. But back to your earlier point, if you have two females, both intact, that can create some tension and issues inside the house. So uh, again, walk us through that. We kind of touched on that on our last episode on the aggression piece, but let's kind of summarize it and, uh, you know, dive into what a first time buyer or second time buyer buying their second female, what to really expect. And uh, uh, while they're weighing out their options. Absolutely. You know, I mean, now, this is where we start to see the clear difference between male and female. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, the, the, the females role in the pack is different than the males. Um, they have to be, whether they want, want to be or not, uh, in the wild, they, they will be, uh, parents. They, they will be, she will be a parent. You know, uh, the female plays the only role in, in the raising of the puppies. You know, this is why we can have white, why I've had, you know, sperm shipped down from Poland, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. from a very specific dog that I want. Uh, and mama can raise those puppies without a hitch, you know, and those males grow up being males, you know, yeah. so, so they don't need the presence of a male, um, in, in their life to, to understand their, their gender and their role in the pack. Um, mama has to be that alpha type. And I like using the word alpha type because I hate the word alpha uh, <laughs> as a structural role. I've never seen it in 25 years. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and that's, that's just funny. Another little uh, rabbit hole just to kind of quickly dip into is, uh, you know, when, when I was writing a book, I, I, I talk about Darwin. I talk about Conrad Lorenz, you know, the godfather of animal behavior. And I also talk about when their theories were written. You know, and, 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 and back in the day and how society was back in the day and that, how that influenced their, their, their research, even though, you know, and again, I, I, the whole point of science is to have somebody question you. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's the whole point. There is absolutely no uh, room for, for, for jealousy in science. You need, you need questions to, to make your research go further. If you don't have a question, there's nothing to research or figure out. There's oh. no, there's no answer to look for. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You can't just say that's a rock on the floor. Well, what kind of rock? You know? <laughs> so, so, you know, so yeah. So, so, so that's one of the big things is, um, you know, when it, when it comes down to my personal research and what I've seen in, in the field is that the, the, that alpha role doesn't exist. All the females in the pack are, are alpha types. Um, they have that, that, that genetic nat- nature to, to be leaders because they have to be, they have to raise their puppies in order to take over positions in the pack. So if they do see a very dominant, aggressive male, they learn to, to, to kind of control that aggression and steer it in the right direction. So every dog, no matter what their personality is appreciated and put into their right place, um, you know, which definitely comes down to the whole, you know, uh, is every female out there being a pointer flusher, you know, things like that. Um, what do they want to be? Can they be? Absolutely. Uh, do they want to be? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, again, personality and drive and all that stuff. And, um, you know, you could put your effort into trying to get your dog to point as much as you like, if it's not a desire, dog's not going to do it, you know? Um, so, uh, but, yeah, that's that's just a really good point because you know this this isn't really one of our training how to heavy episodes, but but uh, we do get asked a lot when we talked about you know proper introduction to the gun, proper introduction to the birds, and pr- just proper field introduction. It helps build drive, helps build that desire. And so what you just touched on, if the dog doesn't have the desire. To really hunt and point, then, you know, it's not going to. And so that's what we talk about from a puppy standpoint, starting off early and with the end goal in mind and help build to the next level. And so uh, I just wanted to take that rabbit hole real quick because what you just said, yeah. it's very important when we're talking about puppy development. And that's what we're talking about, right? Absolutely. And understanding the dog, understanding yeah. what, what that desire is and, and understanding is, 99% of the battle. I know there's a million dog trainers out there that want to argue with me. Uh, it's all about technique. It's all about that. No, it's not. It's about understanding. If your dog is not a strong pointer, then focus on his strengths yeah. and, and, and make him a strong retriever. Don't, don't focus and waste your time and become frustrated and then frustrate the dog and then lose its ability to even retrieve. Well, and I, I have seen some dogs to where, use your example, if it has a high retrieve drive in the water, by focusing on that strength and getting that desire to work up that much higher in the water and then transitioning over into the field later, that drive will then translate into the field. Oh, yeah. And I've seen it work the opposite way to where somebody's like, oh, they're great at retrieving, but they're bad in the field. So I'm only going to do field work and they just beat it to death, beat it to death, beat it to death. And they don't get anywhere in the field and it actually suffers on the retrieve later because the dog just it loses that desire to work. It's, you know, it's kind of like the kid that hates math and you just make it do multiplication tables all day long. Right. 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 Well, that's the thing. Focus on the strengths, build the relationship. When the relationship is there, then the dog will do what they don't want to do. They'll do it for you anyway. Um, because there's a relationship there. And that's the thing is, is if you focus on the strengths, understand who they are, appreciate who they are, they'll give you way more, way more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's mama's role. So kind of circling right back to that, it's his mama's role. You know, it's, uh, she's, she's there to do that. And, and you know, that, that's why two females in a house, even, even spade, will have, they will butt heads. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. you're talking about having two nature born, you know, natural born leaders in a pack, you know, um, now the domestic, the whole attaching the word domestic to dog, um, is why they never rise above us. So, you know, that's the, that's, that's the big one there. I mean, once in a while you get that little spark of nature, you know, that comes out of one of them, which, uh, you know, I, I primarily all I deal with, uh, (laughs) you know, um, you know, my dog retrieves, but when he gets to me, he won't drop the bird and he bites me when I try to touch it. It's like, well, well, yeah. And and this is the perfect transition into the, into the next myth. Uh, It's, you know, it's like I planned this one or something. Uh, You just said the alpha type because you hate the word alpha. Uh, But then, you know, some, some uh, pack hierarchy, uh, issues can develop here and there. Uh, but what you're saying is, you know, you see that in your research and experience in females, but for whatever reason, when you're talking to people, 
it, that really gets contributed more to the male side. You hear all the time that male is hard-headed. He's stubborn. He wants to be the alpha. You have to make sure that he registers you as the alpha. But everything you just talked about was the female is the one that is right. the more alpha type of the pack. So that's that's kind of an interesting paradigm to where the average person really contributes that to the male. And it's really the other side of the equation. Well, yeah, you even have within a pack, um, it, it, you know, it's for the longest time. And, 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 and I see this actually in a lot of literature for dog trainers and behaviorists, even that it's very generalized that the pack has a structure and that's it. There's an alpha beta, you know, deltas and all that stuff. And the fact is, is that no, there's, there's a structure within the macro pack, there's a micro packs with the females hold with their puppies. Then you have a structure within all the females and then you have a structure within all the males. <laughs> so if you do get a top male out of all the males, that doesn't necessarily mean he's top of the females, you know, who raised that male mama, you know, so yep. mama, mama put his little butt in place from day one, you know, he ain't going to do that. And I've seen that. I've seen the toughest male walk around like strutting his stuff and then one female and he like veers to the left an inch, you know, like giving her a wide berth, you know, and that is, that's my, one of the, uh, one of the actual wolf packs that you've been working, working with in the field. Is that the example you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've done a lot of, a lot of wolf research, coyote research, anything canine, African wild yeah. dogs. Yep. Yeah. Both at the Bronx Zoo when I was a zookeeper there and, uh, you know, and then I just took it off to go private, you know, and, and did a lot of private research just because, uh, a lot of the institutional funded research projects tend to be very controlled. And, you know, as, as much as I love the wolves, I feel my spirit's like a wolf and I do not want to be controlled. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. no food company is going to tell me what a dog's eating out in the wild. That's a fact. <laughs> well, well, let's, let's jump into that. Just from your experience of seeing these packs in the wild, it, you know, there's no way that you're going to be able to give us a hard number on, on this or hard data, but just like, if you just had to throw on average, how often the quote unquote leader of the pack is a male or a female. Like you said, you know, it can be either or really in the great macro structure. If you just had to guess on average, like the number, what's the ratio that you would put in the female or male's favor? You know, it, so it really depends on the size of the pack. You know, if you're, if you're looking at a very, you know, maybe like a newly introduced pack, you know, maybe there's an area that's been depleted of this and, and now, you know, in Yellowstone and let's say you're throwing out, you know, five or six dogs out there to try to yeah. establish a pack, you're going to have more of a clear definition of uh, more of an alpha type leader. I, I agree. I, I agree. But just because the personalities of the rest of them just haven't really fit yet, you know, as that pack grows and I've seen dogs up, up packs up to 40, you know, um, now you've got a lot of five or six of them, you know, and, and, and to be honest with you, I have seen two very, 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 very aggressive males clash and then split up. So eventually, you know, one, one after battle, after battle, one male decides to go off this way. The other goes off this way. And part of the well, that follows. That, that's the same thing that really we did as a species. It's like we just grow, grow, grow. And eventually you get so big that you have to separate out into these different tribes and pockets all over the country. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same structure. You eventually the pack or tribe, whatever gets so big that the area can't really support it. And then what happens? We've all seen it in everything. I mean, our country's going through it now to where it's like, the population gets so big, you have way too many opinions and thoughts on the same matter and everybody kind of breaks off into their own little echo chambers and opinions over here and nobody talks about anything or agrees on anything. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's how Rome fell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sad, though. Rome lasted longer than we did. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, but, but it's true. You know, everything just kind of, has to have its natural segregation, you know, it has to have its nat natural separation. Um, you know, the, the, the wolves will eventually split up and then form another pack, grow, split, form another pack, grow until there's just a ton of them. In fact, there's a lot of states now that are opening up hunting for wolves, uh, because they're overpopulated, you know, right. and, you know, and, and, and everyone looks at me like, you know, Oh, you're a hunter. How could you be, you know, a researcher and this and that? And I'm like, well, as naturalists and most researchers I know, we're all hunters from ones I know um, because that is nature. Yeah. <laughs> the wolves hunt, you know, they're going to get killed by potentially who knows a bear or something, you know? So there, there's a term that those people don't really understand and it's called carrying capacity. 
right. every right. <laughs> every habitat out there, every region has the carrying capacity for every type of species, not just wolves, not just predators. But I mean, you know, th- there's a reason why the, the rabbits and the foxes go up and down back and forth right on their little cycles. Uh, people don't understand that. But, it, you know, it goes into the, the pack hierarchy and, you know, it, it kind of gets so big that it has to to fracture and splinter for survival reasons. Right. And, that, and, that, and so I, I'm kind of curious from what you've described and we're talking about the tri- uh, packs kind of splitting off. Would you say like the older the pack, maybe you've had more generations of that pack come? So maybe that's when the female is really the, the hot top dog in the pack because you've had so many generations raised by the female. So like, is it a young pack is generally more male driven and a older pack is more female driven. Is, is that just a, a kind of, it's just a guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, a deeper look that, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to plan some future uh, research projects on it. There's a, there's, there needs to be a deeper look into the way the pack order runs. Um, you know, intelligence has been something that is just, you know, we, we acknowledge it in animals. Um, and I've worked with 650 species of animals, not just dogs, elephants, gorillas, everything. And there's an intelligence there that I feel man is afraid to acknowledge you know, um, yeah. or, or unwilling to acknowledge, which, which actually has a very natural place in this world. You know, obviously if, if we don't think we're the most superior beings on the planet, then we would never progress forward. Uh, but we can't do that being destructive. So, um, you know, if you, if you look at the wolf pack, the wolf wolves are very, very selective on their feeding. Could you imagine wolves acting like a pack of German shepherds? I mean, I honestly, we would have not one squirrel left in all of New York, <laughs> anywhere in Tennessee. You know, it would just be pretty much a bunch of dogs going buck wild, chasing anything just to satisfy their predatorial drive, but having no internal knowledge of what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have seen feral domestic dogs like on the beaches of Puerto Rico and in the Cayman Islands uh, where there are three generations in, which is about 30 years. And these are just, uh, you know, basically dogs that have become feral again. They're, they're, they become wild again, you know? So, um, uh, so the dogs do have this ability to revert back. Uh, but one of the things for strength, uh, uh, sorry, for strength and survival of the pack is being very particular on how you hunt. So, you know, you do have your flushers, your pointers, your, your point, your point men and all that stuff out there with the wolves. And they heard everybody, you know, they heard all the deer. So you got your herders going on the sides, flanking. So they bring the pack in and then they start weeding off the weak, you know, and then next year that herd is way stronger, way, way stronger. Mom is not feeding an injured or a sick uh, fawn, you know, she's, she's, she's got healthy ones now and the pack just keeps growing, you know? So, um, you know, and, and that's something that I feel like uh, all these these like rescues, these sanctuaries, these these uh, organizations need to kind of come to terms to terms with. You know, that if you want healthy wolves, you're going to need to make sure you have management over over there over there. You know, if 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 we have any involvement in their environment, you know, then we need to manage. We need to do our part and manage it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got yelled at the other day because I was trapping. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Trapping, you know, on, on a 5,000 acre farm, you know, we were trapping and I normally condition my dogs down there. Uh, but this year, I mean, there was not one bird up in that field. Not one. I mean, I can go in any day and I can shoot 30, 40 birds in that field. This year, not one. So we went down there, we put a bunch of traps out and I caught eight bobcats, eight, mm. in, in, like <laughs> right off the bat. Um, Fisher cats everywhere. Uh, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're out of porcupines now. So, you know, cause the fishers, they flip them over and they kill them from the bottom so they don't get uh, quilled. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, you know, if, if we want healthy prairie ecology, if we want healthy environment, we have to manage, you know, we have to manage these things. We can't just build uh, condominium complexes and then push all these animals into a tighter space, you know, and then put like five or six wolves in a five mile square, you know, uh, area and then expect them to, you know, to, to, to operate like normal, you know, they'll wind up depleting all the, the deer, they'll, they'll deplete everything. And then what are they going to do? They're going to start killing each other. And then if they're yeah. getting, you know, and then what, they're going to start coming into our, our, you know, wolves right now are the one of the hardest animals to hunt in the world. Absolutely. When I do research, it's normally, I find them with a drone 
way up in the air. When they leave that area, I set up a whole bunch of cameras and I run back to my base station and I look at the computer. <laughs> That's about it. And if they get one scent, if I get one wolf smell one of my cameras, gone, gone. And I can't yeah. find them. Now I got to spend another month looking for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, they're incredibly intelligent. And again, they operate as a unit. Um, uh, you know, any Star Trek fans out there, they're like the Borg. <laughs> that reference is lost on me. I, I can't help you out on that. Oh, man. All right. All right. <laughs> it's like one unified mind. You know, everyone's yeah. different. Everyone's got their role, but they're like a unified mind and they, 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 they operate the same. But yep. yeah, I'm sorry. We went way off topic. I was about to say, but it, it, it was a fun rabbit hole, but let's let's dig back out. Let's get back on the male and female. And and I know before we even did this, uh, me and you were going to have a discussion on, on this one, and we've kind of touched on it just throughout the other ones uh, to get here. But just me and you've talking before, uh, your research uh, indicates something completely different than what I feel like I've seen uh, in you know the six seven years that I've been doing this and helping people out, and that's. Uh, the females are more cooperative and trainable for the average person. You know, I, yeah, it, 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 it's it, a lot of people feel strongly about this one, one way or the other. And when I first started out, you know, I was told, and it, this may have kind of like steered my observation and my opinion on this uh, without me knowing it at the time. But when I first got into this, I was told that, you know, male or female at the start, it's like you can't really go wrong. But if you get a female and it's a fixed female, it's the best hunting partner in the world is how I was advised when I first got into this. And so it's like it really kind of made me really look into the females. And clearly I have uh, females in my house that I hunt with primarily. But just from an outsider watching other people, watching average DIY guys figure it out as they go along, I have tended to notice that the guys that get females to start off with seem to have more success training the females uh, in the field than the people that get the males. And yeah. and you you see a lot of the the male dogs kind of like they still do fine because you kind of get back in that drive situation where males tend to have it, it seems like a little bit more drive, and so you ha you have that kind of compensating. Uh, the trainability as somebody's learning. And, and again, you know, it could be female or male. It could have been that that, that was just kind of my, my pretext going into watching this happen, or it could be the type of people that want a female versus the right. type of people that want a male, you know, there's a lot of considerations that go into this and it's not just that easy to just say, well, females are easier trained than males. It, you know, well, first, First, we'll, we'll kind of look back when we were talking about diamorphic difference in, in mm -hmm. size. I can look at a Labrador and I have to kind of get under, hey, what's under that hood there to see if it's a male or female. Some, you know, I, I got some big English labs that are girls that have bigger heads than my boys. Um, yeah, really, really, really um, beautiful girls. But behavior wise, you know, I can tell a dog to do three commands and then tell another dog three commands and I can tell male and female. Absolutely. Males are way more stubborn, way more stubborn when you have a work driven dog. So, so if you have a, and again, I hate this, this term, I really do, but it is unfortunately uh, a, a, a real term, uh, work quality versus pet quality. You know, I mean, that, that's, that, that term is occurring because of selective breeding, not because of nature. You know, if, if, if I take all my pet quality dogs and throw them in the woods, they ain't going to live very long. Yeah. You know, so, you know, um, or they're going to, they're going to show their work quality very quickly. So, <laughs> so, so, so with that being said, the difference between male and female, as far as trainability is concerned, you know, um, personality is a huge thing. It's a huge, huge thing. Uh, the more I feel personally, the stronger the leadership or that alpha type mentality is there, they work better for me because my style Males do. Males do. Yeah. Because my style of training really applies towards what I've learned from wolves, not from what I've read in books or anything or, or heard from anybody, to be honest. Um, you know, it, it was, it was mostly what I've, you know, I, so everything I've learned in my life, I've took into the forest and I've tried 
desperately to disprove it because that's the scientific mind. Yeah. You know, okay, I learned that the sky is blue. Hmm. Let's look into that. Let's you know, prove that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Technically, it's not. It's not blue. You know, it's just a reflection <laughs> of water. You know, so, uh, so technically, it's clear. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it, it's um. So, so that's the thing is to take these things and disprove them. And you know, a lot of what I've learned about how structure orders or nature orders structure is how I apply it towards dogs. So males tend to work the more stubborn, the more hard head. Like if I pull a lead and that dog wants to go the other way and just throws himself on the ground, that's my dog. That's my dog. I love those, those really stubborn dogs because for some reason, you know, once you get through that stubbornness, those dogs are probably the hardest runners I've ever seen in my life. Um, but how how does that translate as far as when we talk about the word trainability? You know, it, it, it's kind of, I guess we need to start there and define the term trainability. I, uh, yeah. You, you see where I'm going with that? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. You know, I, I, I think, so trainability is a term based off of the handler, not the dog. Um. If, 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 if somebody told you that a female is better to train for hunting, then that guy is right because that is the dog that works better for him. Right. Um, whereas I could tell you that I could train a female, I could train both, but and, and you could train both. It's just, I prefer working with males because they tend to work way quicker for me. Um, way quicker. So you're saying essentially your mindset kind of going out into that field. If you're, if you go into that field, just being more confident that I have females, I, I can train this female better than, you know, I could train a male. Just that confidence level is going to produce results quicker for you in the long run. And so it kind of goes back to what I, I said at, uh, at the start of this kind of question was the personality type that wants a female versus the personality type that wants a male. It's like neither one is wrong. It's just that's your outlook. But it, yeah, I think I think because me and you've talked about this before and we've it's it's like, you know, you have your thoughts and preference on males and I have my thoughts and preferences on females, but you have a house full of males and I have a house full of females. We need to find somebody that has both and be like, all right, let's, let's talk trainability. Here. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is that, you know, um, you know, with, with the breeding program, you know, that with the Labradors and we're starting up one for um, Brock du uh, with the breeding program, I have taken puppies, male and female, both in the field and, and, and made them stars. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've had some that are just, they're great recreational hunters, but they'll never pass a test, you know? So, so, uh, and they've been mixed a hundred percent mixed. Um, you know, it really falls down to, um, see, but that's, but that's what I do for a living. If I don't get those females hunting and I don't get those males, their titles, you know, and those females, their titles, then the value of my puppies is down. You know, if, if I breed two, if I breed two of a male and a female with both master versatiles, boy, I can get a lot more for a puppy, you know, and, and I can, and I can find an, an, an owner for that puppy. That's a hunter, you know, like, like, like like when I look for him and I see two master versatiles, I'm like, yep, I'm getting that puppy, you know, like, (laughs) like, uh, you know, so, so, so I, it's just an easier sell for the purpose of the dog. So, um, so, but, but to that question, it's more, you know, it really does fall down to what your style is, what your personality is. You know, if, if you're a real, like, if you have a really militant, everyone explains that my, my, and, and to the listeners, please don't think I'm like some, like, like, you know, jerk to my kids or anything like that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, you could ask my kids. They, yeah. They're, they're um, but Get I, them on here. I'll ask them. <laughs> come on guys. No, <laughs> but uh, I do have a very militant style of, 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 of living, you know, um, you know, all about survival, nature, everything, you know, every preparedness and, you know, just a very, very, very strict. Everybody's up on time, you know, okay. it, Yep. You hear eight o'clock in my house. Every room has their alarm going. There are, everyone's up. Everyone's doing their thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, that's why I feel like the males are a little bit more for me because they are a little bit more, they, they need that, that, that really. Yeah. Yeah. Females have a little more independent thinking. And, and uh, that's, and that's, 
a very good, again, what we were just saying, the personality types, because me, when I'm out there and hunting and, and working with the dogs in the field, I want a little bit more independence with the dogs, but I want that cooperation level. It's like, be independent, go hunt. The less commands and influence I have to have on you, but when I do call you or when I do instruct you, I want you to listen. And so it's just like, I appreciate that independence level and I don't have to steer them when I'm out in the field the whole time. And so it, it goes in what you're just saying, kind of personality type. You want that structured. And a lot of the, a lot of male dogs do every dog needs structure, but male dogs tend to do a lot better with more structure. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Females are a little more, uh, independent thinkers. They'll make their own decisions, you know, my, but, but then again, I can also say my Bracco Italiano Malachi, um, that dog, uh, there are times where I get really mad and I'm like, Oh my God, go over there. The wind is blowing the right way. Go over there. And all of a sudden he just veer banks to the right, disappears and comes back with the bird, drops it alive. And he's like, there you go, stupid. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> trust your dog. Trust your dog. I thought it went down over there. I'm sorry, Malachi. <laughs> well, and I guess, you know, to, to start wrapping this up, you know, we've kind of covered the, the more common, the more, uh, myths, stereotypes, generalization, whatever the heck you want to call it over males and females. And, and the way I tell everybody is, is really, I, I'm not going to sit here and say one way it is right for them and, and one way is wrong for them. The way I try and, and break it down to them, just like we talked about, is these are generalizations, but there are outliers. I say figure out your lifestyle and what man you just talked about. You know, do you do you really want that more level of independence, or do you want that dog to where you know you need to stay on them and, and you know let that decide. Let, let your living situation decide and then go with that because you can't, like you said, these are working dogs. If you get them from a responsible breeder uh, that, that really breeds them for their purpose and what their genetics are for, you're going to have a dog that hunts. The question is, do you want to deal with the female in heat, you know, a right. couple times a year? Or, you know, do you want the quote unquote stubbornness of, of a male or the distractiveness or the marking or whatever? Uh you know, it, it's more lifestyle, in my opinion, than huntability in the long run. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what's going to work best for you. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I have all males, but I will never tell somebody that's the only dog that's a good hunting dog. It, it's just exactly. not, not the fact. Yeah. It's not true. Well, David, I appreciate it. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you. You have a lot of stuff in the works. You've mentioned your book a few times. Give us an update on that. Where they, where can they find your information? And uh, we need to start steer some people to your podcast. I know you just did a recent episode kind of for my wife specifically uh, with the pregnancy. You know, she had questions on introducing the dogs to the baby and, and, and all that stuff. So you just had a, a quick little sweet episode on that that uh, I know that it made her feel more comfortable with the baby coming up. So appreciate that. But, uh, you know, tell everybody what you're working on and where they can find your stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. No. So, I mean, if anybody wants to uh, check out my website, it's uh, steadywinddog.com. Uh, steadywinddog.com. I actually have a tab there where you can go on and you can even sign up for virtual lessons, which are one-on-one -on -one live lessons through Zoom or some app like that, that, uh, you know, we do the live lessons. Um, they can, uh, definitely tune into the pack animal podcast. You know, I'm going to be putting out uh, a lot more and more frequently now that the online thing has gone sky high. So, uh, puts me home more so I could do more on, on, on the, uh, on the, uh, virtual side of things. Uh, yeah. we are, are in the process of a YouTube video, uh, the YouTube channel, uh, which is, you know, again, just me getting over my on camera <laughs> <laughs> awkwardness, oh. um, you know, but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, the book, you know, we're, we're, we're making headway. We're going to self publish. So, uh, you know, it's been a long time in the making, a lot of research went into this thing and, uh, that should be out in about four months. We, we're not revealing really too much about the title yet because we're still a little undecided. So, um, that'll be on the website. That'll be on my Facebook. It'll be, uh, uh, you know, on the podcast and, you know, hopefully we can, we could do something together too about that. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And guys, really check out his podcast. You know, uh, I know David, you just said that you're you're about to start making episodes more frequent, but uh, you know, the ones that you do come out with in the past, they're just short and sweet. Like it's it's a very if you have a short commute to work, you know, they're 15, 20 minutes. Uh they're they're not super long, but it's just you. You just you go over it and uh that, you know, a lot of those topics are really interesting. So, you know, go check them out and check out his website. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about the book as we get closer to uh, the launch for that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's been a long time in the making. <laughs> well, until, until next time, David, uh, I appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Anytime. Take care. Thanks for having me back on. Yep. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.